1: Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, Here's your host, Rody Fisher.
2: Good morning and welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for getting us here, Lord. We do ask that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart, Lord, be pleasing to you. Give us understanding of your word as we read it, Lord, and help us, Lord, through the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. And, um I'm I'm in Psalm 74, believe it or not. We're moving right along. And I want to talk a little bit about um, Psalm 74. And this is a prayer from Asaph, Asaph, and possibly, you know, David too, um, to the Lord. This is while Israel is in exile and they're being mocked by their enemies and tormented by their enemies in every which way. And he's saying, please help, Lord. So, let's start out with verse one. Have you rejected us forever, O God? Why does your anger smoulder against the sheep of your pastor? Remember, David was you know the shepherd, um and he knows all about sheep, and so there's that mention here about sheep at <clears throat> verse two, remember the people you purchased of Ol, the tribe of your inheritance, whom you redeemed? Turn your steps towards these everlasting ruins, all this destruction the enemy has brought on the sanctuary. Your foes roared in place where you met with us. They set up their standards as signs. They behaved like men wielding axes to cut through the thicket of trees. They smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. They burned your sanctuary to the ground and defiled the dwelling place of your name. So they've taken down the altars. They've taken everything down. They're just destroying it. And so he's asking the Lord, come in, help us. Verse 8, they say in their hearts, we will crush them Completely. They burn every place where God was worshiped in the land. We have given no miraculous sign. We were given no miraculous signs. No prophets are left and none who knows how long this will be. How long will the enemy mock you, O God? Will the foe revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fools of your garment and destroy them. But you, O God, are my king of old. You bring salvation upon the earth. It was you who split open the sea. By your power, you broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of the Leviathan and gave him as food to the creatures of the desert. It was you who opened up the springs and streams. You dried up Forever ruin flowing, um, you dried up the ever flowing rivers. The day is yours and yours also is the night. You established the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Remember how the enemy has mocked you, O Lord. How foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to the wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever have regard for your covenant because haunts of violence fill the dark places of the land do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace may the poor and needy praise your name rise up o god and defend your cause remember how fools mocked you all day long do not or ignore the clamor of your adversities of your adversaries the uproar of your enemies which rises continually. Thank you for your word, Lord. This is a psalm that he is just begging for help from the Lord. And I know that there's been times in our lives where we've felt that we're in the corner and no one was there to help us. We're calling upon the Lord and we feel like does he hear us? Is he going to answer us? We're really hurting here. And this is this is their prayer to God. Have you forgotten about us? Don't let our enemies take us down. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. What a what a really uh, somber and 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 tough time these people are in, and we know that the Lord has not um, shied away from them. He's gotten them out of that uh, pickle, which He always does for us too. So, Lord, thank you again. I would love to introduce my guest to you. I want to tell you a little bit of a back story about her. When I accepted the Lord, I um, immediately. Um, I met a neighbor friend of mine who uh, was a Christian. I was quite surprised. Her husband was too, actually. Her husband was a pastor. I don't know you if you remember them, Emily, but it was the Morasses. Anyhow, they lived next door to me. And she said to me, you know, I don't have a car today, and I know you do. I've got these little plaques that I painted for this fir- friend of mine, Emily. And she says, if you could take it to her, I'd really appreciate it. And there were three separate plaques. And some of them had words, scriptures on the bottom that she had painted in. And it was one of these um, kind of clay pieces that you buy white and then you paint it. And then the, the company that you buy it from fires it in a kiln and it becomes shiny and really, you know, nice. Well, she painted these for Emily. And she said, you know, this is her address. If you could take it to her, I'd really appreciate it. And it was really a, a gotta point in time for us because I drove it over there. And Emily, this was almost 50 years ago. Two more years will be 50 years. And I think it was close to Christmas when I met you. Um, but anyhow, I drove this these two three plaques over. Emily comes out the door, she has three kids, she's married to Don at the time, and she's such a blessing to me, and we've been prayer partners for 48 years. Welcome, Emily Lee Baltuck. Thank you. Okay. Um, Emily, don't be shy. I know you've got a lot of words in there. But listen, I'd like our um, listeners to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you were born, how many children were in your family, and your first recollection of maybe having an encounter with God as a little
3: girl. So welcome, Emily. Give us a Give us a background of um, where you're from. Thank you. Before that, I would like to to say, not unto us, oh God, not unto us, but to your name bring glory, Hallelujah. Uh, I was born in Vega Puerto Rico. Uh, my parents left Puerto Rico when I was 13 years old and moved to California. Okay. And how many kids were in your family, Emily? The to, to my parents? Yes. To yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord gave my mother uh, three sons and one daughter, me.
2: Emily, I really only thought you had two brothers, Willie and—now
3: um, I forgot his, his name. Be- because— Okay, so you had three brothers. Right. Uh, Raul, Ernesto, and Willie.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, now, I now that I recall Ernesto, uh, there were three brothers. Ernesto was a little bit of
1: a—okay, mm-hmm, we won't
2: talk yeah. about him, but— Emily, tell us a little bit about this story. I remember years ago you told me that when you were in Puerto Rico and you were a little girl, there was a story about this mango tree. Do you remember it?
3: Oh, yes. I'll never forget that story. Um, My neighbor had a huge mango tree. And I remember going to the mango tree and I looked up and I saw this beautiful mango and I wanted it really bad. So in Spanish... I said, holy God, send me that mango when I count three. And I kept looking on the mango, and at the count of three, uno, dos, tres, the mango came down. I took it, I ate it, and I did not even say thank you to the Lord. Well, do
2: you think that that was your first encounter mm-hmm. with the God that you thought yes. uh, was okay? So tell me, when you grew up, did you go to church at all? And if so, what kind of a church did your parents take you to?
3: My parents never took me to church. Okay. And so
2: you move here when you're 13. I remember you telling me years ago
3: that you really were a good student in Puerto Rico. And tell me what happens when you come to America. I was an A student in Puerto Rico. I came to America. I, I couldn't speak a word of English, so it was very difficult for me. But the Lord has been so good to me. And uh, everybody just loved me because I couldn't speak English, so everybody became my friends.
2: So it was kind of anomaly. You were one mm-hmm. of the few people right. that uh, in the school that couldn't speak English. And right. where did they move from? From Puerto Rico? Where, where do you move to? Do you move to Oxnard right away, Oxnard, California Oxnard. right away? Oxnard. Okay, because I, I, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people from Puerto Rico end up in <coughs> New York, but you never went to New York. Yeah, never it was Oxnard. Okay, <coughs> I, I know your story well, <coughs> so. I I don't want to tell your story since you're here. I'd like for you to tell it. Mm -hmm. So you're in Oxnard, and when do you begin to think that you want to go to church? Is there a time that you think, okay, I want to
3: go to church, or are you just hanging out with your friends as a kid? I remember this Puerto Rican uh, friend that she said to me, Emily, you want to go to church? And I said, sure. And so the Catholic Church was right around the corner, so I went to church. Now, is this Catholic Church? Do they speak? Is it in English
2: only, or is it in English and Spanish, or how was that? Both. Okay, so yeah. the the, the priests mm-hmm. also spoke mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. I mean, um, yeah. uh, Spanish. Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that was your first encounter with going to church. And do you go by yourself, or do your parents or siblings come with you? I would go by myself. Okay. Now, Emily, tell me a little bit about. When you feel that you need to make a commitment to God or was that not happening when you were going to a Catholic church?
3: No, that was not happening while I was going to the Catholic Church.
2: Okay. So um you, you attend the Catholic Church, you go to um you graduate from high school. Right. And what do you do after you graduate? Do you do you go to college or
3: I, I went to junior college and then I moved to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. To do what? To work. I, I work for the California Inspection Rating Bureau as a dictaphone operator. Okay. Okay. So
2: so do you graduate from high school with good grades? And, yes. And, and you decide just to go to work, not to go to college?
3: Well, after I graduated from high school, I went to junior college for a little bit. And then I left junior college and I moved to Los Angeles.
2: Now, now, at the time that you go to tr- um, you go to uh, work in Los Angeles, are you still attending church? And if so, how often are you going?
3: Actually, I was going to church every single day after work. They, they had a church uh, right there, and and so I would I would go to mass every single day. So you must have moved to LA because. In Los, Los Angeles, Angeles. No, yes. Oxnard yes, is yes. pretty far away. No, that, that was in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, I worked in Los Angeles.
2: And, and so you got your own little apartment and you're, you're going to chur- uh, church from there as well every day?
3: Yes. Okay. Now, is this
2: where you meet your husband, Don? <laughs> yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Emily, you're going to have to help me now, because I can't say all the words for you. I know your story, and I could probably sit here and tell the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but
3: I'd like for you to tell the audience, okay? Okay, it was really interesting. I was at work, and one of the girls, uh, Betty, she said to me, Emily, I really like that guy there. Now, Dan Lees was an auditor, and so I said to her, Okay, I will get him for you. And so it happened that um, by my desk, there was a coffee machine. And so Dan Lees would come to get the coffee and I would start talking to him and Josie and Betty start talking to him. And so then um, I guess Betty got a boyfriend. And so then Josie said, uh, Emily, I really like that guy. And I said, OK, I'll try to get him for you. And so I tried. But. It did not happen. And so one day, the um, the girl who answered the phone, she said to me, Emily, uh, telephone. So I went to answer the phone, and the voice said, Emily, this is uh, Dan. And I said, Dan, what do you want? And he said, oh, this is uh, Dan Lees. And see, there were two Dans that worked there. And so when he said Dan Lees, oh, my gosh, I was so embarrassed. So immediately I said, Oh, Dan, how can I help you? And so then he said to me, um, are are you busy this Friday? And I said, actually, yes, I am. And so, um, but I'll I'll be free the next Friday. And so um, that's how the Lord brought us together. I'm so thankful to the Lord that the Lord put love in his heart for me and vice versa. And so we got married December 12th, 1965. And How the, many years after that, that you first met him? Um, I mean, this
2: date on the phone.
3: Pro- probably, m- maybe six months after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and so, um, so anyway, um, he was the instrument that the Lord used to bring me into a true knowledge of himself because my husband was a Christian. Don Lees was a Christian. Right, right. Okay. So
2: you get married. I know that you have three children. And there was a time, and I want to maybe bring the story back a little bit, because I know that there was a time in your life that you wanted to become a nun. And so you're going to this, this is before Don Lees, So you're going to this Catholic church, and tell me what it is that sparked the priest to say to you, you know, I think you might want to go to this um, nunnery (laughs) or convent. I, You know, I don't know what they call it.
3: uh, Yeah, he he asked me, do you believe in God? And I said, of course I believe in God. And so then the next question was, well, how do you know that there is a God? Have, Have you ever seen him? Has he ever spoken to you? And immediately the mango came to my mind. So I said, well, when I was a little girl in Puerto Rico, I saw this beautiful mango, and I really wanted it so bad, and I couldn't get it. So I asked the Lord, "Lord, uh, will you please give me that mango?" At the count of three, and He did. And so He approved me to go in the convent. <laughs> so this was this was <clears throat> after
2: high school, but before you got this job at um, in downtown L.A. Is that right? No,
3: I, I was already working. Okay, you were already in working before you
2: met Don Lees. Don Lees worked there with me. I know, but before you really dated Don Lees, you, you got this offer to go into the convent. Do you go?
3: I wanted to go to, to New York. And my mother said, oh, please don't go that far because I wanted to go with Sisters of Charity, a very poor area. And so then I chose um, uh, Sisters of Social Services in Encino. So I went in, and uh, I only stayed three months. Okay, but you did go. Yes. Okay. When you were there, did you did you
2: have any experience with the Lord that you thought this is the way I should go, or or was it just a time that you just spent um, at the convent?
3: You know, I remember that I went to the mother superior, and I said I don't like it here because I don't see any saints because see the the Hispanic churches. They had saints all over. And that mother superior looked at me and she said, you know, Emily, the Bible says that God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And boy, that was engraved in my memory. So when I left the convent, I went back to the Catholic church. And instead of going to kneel before an image, I would go to the altar and concentrate on God. So I learned something beautiful at that convent.
2: Okay, really good. So now you're married and you you have three children. And now I'm going to take you, I'm going to fast forward you to Orange County, where, where I first met you. And you're married to Don Lees. You have three children at the time. And you get this letter in the mail regarding... Um, Now you're still going to a Catholic church, you're married to Don Lee's. he's going to his Christian church, and you guys are happy as clams, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you you get this letter, and I want to concentrate on this letter because I think it's pertinent to the story. But you get this letter from an insurance company about if you sign up for insurance, it'll pay off your mortgage. Tell tell us that little story.
3: Um, Actually, before that, I had a dream and the Lord actually spoke to me in Spanish because I saw the word V as in Victor, period, V as in Paul, period, T as in Tom, period, V as in Victor. And immediately the translation came to me, valor." soon you're going to be a widow, you must be courageous. And I got scared to death because at that point I did not know the Lord through the scriptures. So I remember calling my girlfriend's husband and I said, Luis, I had this dream and I'm so scared. This is what the translation was. And he said to me, Oh, Emily, don't worry about it because you know God used to speak to people through dreams, but he doesn't do that anymore. So I said, Thank you, Lord. And that was actually in 1969 that you had the dream. Right.
2: So let's take it back to getting this envelope in the mail. this insurance company that offers to pay your house off in the if if you buy this insurance so can we go to that story now? okay so
3: so anyway i went to the mailbox and there was this envelope from transamerica where we used to make the house payments and i opened it up and it was an offer for eight dollars and 31 cents for a mortgage insurance and so when dan got home I said, Dan, we got an offer for a mortgage insurance for $8.31. And kiddingly, he said, Emily, your English is terrible and your math is even worse, (laughs) which was the truth. And so then he opened it up and he goes, whoa, this is really a steal. Save it because I might consider that. And so then maybe weeks went by and I go to the mailbox again and there's another letter from Transamerica. And it said, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We've never had this offer before. We highly recommend that you avail yourself of it. And so I guess I put it away. And what was the offer? Mortgage insurance for $8.31. And so then one day, Dan came to me and he asked, Emily, do you still have that offer for a mortgage insurance? And I said, I don't know, don't let me look. And so I looked and I found one, which means that I had thrown away the other one. And so then he said, I'm going to fill out the application. So he went, he filled out the application and he said, I'm going to go and mail it. So he went to the post office, mail it. And so then the next day I went to a women's uh, Bible study and then I came home. And when I came home, he said to me, You know, Emily, I tried to do some weeding, and every time I pull on the weeds, I get a pain in my back. So I said, Oh, forget about the weeding. And so then, as the time progressed, he said, um, Call Dr. Pamplona because my pain is really bad. So I called Dr. Pamplona, and she said, Emily, your husband is in excellent condition. He just got a complete physical but um, I'll see him tomorrow. So we went to sleep, and then I woke up because somebody was taking a, a, bath, a shower. So I said, "Dan, are you okay? And he goes, oh, Emily, this pain is killing me. So immediately I called the paramedics. And um, at that time, in 1977, it was the fire truck that would come. And so I got in the fire truck with them, took him to, uh, to the hospital, in Orange and uh, Beach Boulevard, and he stayed there. And so then I went to the front office, and I asked him, can you please call me a taxi? And they said, oh, honey, the last time we called a taxi took forever. So I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to get me home. And so then I went to um, Beach Boulevard, and I put my finger up, and the second car was a police car, so they stopped. They took me home. Wow, Emily, I didn't
2: know that part yeah. okay so so Don is on the hospital, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna leave that story there to pick it up in a minute okay. because um, it tells me that we've gone a little bit far on this story. I'd like to tell the I'd like for you to tell the audience when it is that you feel you came to know Christ in a real way and how it was that you began to follow him. Because I know the story about you and Don Lees Mm -hmm. attending different churches every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about when you decide to make a commitment to Christ and you say to Jesus, I'm going to follow you. When did that happen?
3: I went to, to a Billy Graham crusade in 1969. And so, for the first time in my life, I was introduced to the Bible, and I totally fell in love with it. And so, then I came to realize, hey, uh, I need to know the Lord better through the Scriptures. And so, then I left the Catholic Church and I started attending uh, my husband's church. Okay, so so you con- you consider that. Um...
2: Getting closer to Christ. Yes. Okay. So let's go back to Don Lease is in the hospital. He's filled out this paperwork, um, maybe just several days prior. He mails it in, $8.33. 31 cents. 31 cents. We don't want to forget the two pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you send in the money, and he's in the hospital now. And so tell me how long he's in the hospital and what the diagnosis is for for you know, what they say he had.
3: He was in the hospital for 31 days. They, um, they told me he had a heart attack. And when they told me that he had a heart attack, I went home. And by that time, I knew that heaven was the most beautiful place that there is because I was already a practicing Christian. And so I remember... My prayer to God was, Father, thank you because I know that you love me. I know that you love my children, and I know that you love God. And Father, knowing what a beautiful place heaven is, my conscience would not allow me to ask you to heal them, because if I ask you to heal him, it would be like me saying, No, 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 God, don't take him to that beautiful place. And so then I said, Father, may Thy will be done.
2: Wow, that's really good, Emily. Mm-hmm.
3: Now tell me, um, he comes out of the hospital,
2: right? Right. And now I know that that he goes back in. So how many days is he at home? Maybe a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he lands in the hospital again. Right. And so I know <coughs> that there's this story that I remember Susan. you telling me years ago about this man that came to visit um, Don Lees. Is that when it happens, or did it happen the first time he was in the hospital?
3: The second time.
2: Okay, so tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. that story, Emily. Uh,
3: Okay, Don is in the hospital, and Mr. Mendez wanted to visit him. And so Mr. Mendez wanted to to pray for Don. And when he walked in and he prayed for Don, he said, Emily, do you have my Bible? And I said, no, but I have mine. So I gave him my Bible. Now, who's asking for the Bible? Don. Don is, okay. Uh And so then I gave him my Bible, and he opened it up, and there were praises in a sheet of paper. So he started singing praises to the Lord. And so then he goes, he took off his glasses, and he said, wow, I don't need my glasses anymore. And uh, I see such bright lights, Emily, and I see that man standing behind you. And my friend and I looked behind me, and there was no one mm-hmm. and so then he said, "I have the power of Jesus, and I'm coming home.
2: So when he says to you you have he has the power of Jesus and he's coming home, you're assuming he's coming home to the house. Is that right, or um, do you
3: think there's a chance that no he means- i i I just thought that was nice."
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't really give it more thought than that. Yeah. So then tell me a little bit more about that story, because I know you relay it to somebody,
3: um, or somebody comes to visit uh, him. Okay, yes. Uh, two ladies from church went to visit him. And, and actually, they went to take a card to him. And so they took the card to the front office, and Don was doing so well that they allowed the ladies to go and see him. And so they did. And so then they called me up and they said, Wow, Emily, you know, Don really wants to come home because when we were there in a loud voice, he said, I have the power of Jesus Christ and I'm coming home soon. And they said, Emily, he really wants to come home to you soon. So how many days later does um, the Lord take him home? Um. I think probably the following day. Okay.
2: So he he does go home, but he goes home to be with the Lord. Is that right? Right. Okay. Gosh, what a beautiful story that Mm -hmm. is. And so now you're a widow. Right. And, And tell us the story of this insurance payment that you made, one payment. For Mm $8.31. Does anything become of that? And if so, when?
3: Well, I waited till my cancel check came. And then I called Transamerica in San Francisco. And I told the story to the lady. And she said, Oh, honey, this is the most unusual story that I ever heard because, you know, your husband fills out the application. And then shortly after that, he ends up in the hospital. And then you write the check on a Saturday. And he dies Sunday. So we don't think we're going to be able to pay, but we will send you an investigator home.
2: And so. So they, they offered to send an investigator to your house. Is yes, that right? Uh-huh.
3: So the investigator comes and tell us about him. Said, so the investigator came to my home and he started asking me a lot of questions and I answered them. And then he wrote everything. And then he said, OK, Mrs. Lee, will you please sign here? And, of course, um, I knew that before you sign anything, you read it. And so I read it, and in the paper that he wrote, he said, Mr. Lees had had previous visits to the heart doctors. So I said to him, sir, perhaps you do not understand my English. I did not tell you that my husband had any contact with any doctor, so please allow me to write my own story. And so I did. I wrote my own story, I gave him the paper, and, and you know, that that was really the Lord, because see, I, I didn't even have a copy of that, and so anyway, um, I called Transamerica again, and the lady said, okay, honey, we have all the necessary information, so now Transamerica in Minneapolis, Minnesota is the one that will make the decision. So I asked her, can you please give me the telephone number of Minneapolis, Minnesota? And she said, oh, honey, that is such a huge place. You will never be able to get in touch with anybody. So I said, okay, thank you very much. I hung up the phone. I called the operator and I asked the operator if she could please um, call Transamerica, collect call, because at that time they would do that. So they said, no, we do not return, we do not accept collect calls. But if she leaves us the phone. Okay, so who tells,
2: who, who says this? The, does the operator find a number for Transamerica and she calls yeah, and yeah, asks yeah.
3: for an, a collect call? Yeah. And they said, no, we do not accept our collect calls. But if you leave us your phone number, we will call her back. And so she did. And then shortly after that, the telephone rang. And I remember at the time, I would answer the phone, Praise be Jesus Christ. So the telephone rang, and I said, praise be Jesus Christ. And the lady said, Mrs. Lees. And I said, yes, speaking. And she said, I remember you because yesterday I wrote a check, and your house is totally paid for. And so I had Kimberly, and I said, Kimberly, Kimberly was just a baby. She was only a year and three months. And I said, Kimberly, we need to thank the Lord because the Lord paid our house with $8 and 31 cents. Thank you. <laughs> wow.
2: Well, um, it tears me up just to think about it. And I've mm-hmm. heard the story many times and I love it so much. And I praise the Lord that he um, took care of, he says in his word that, you know, to, to take care of the widows and the children. Yes. And he did both here yes. by paying off the house. What a great story. Um, I, I know that once we met, Emily, we used to call each other every day. We became prayer partners, and we have prayed for all, all of our children. Um, and I probably have an idea of each of your children because we've prayed for them over the years. And you probably have an idea of my children through my eyes because we've prayed for them over the years. And um, like I said, it's been 48 years, so we've uh, that. we've been together for a long time. Now, Emily, I do I do know that um, we end up going to the same church. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like for you to tell the story about Calvary Chapel Anaheim because at the time that I had accepted the Lord, I attended two different churches. I went to Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa for one of the services there. When that got out, I took my kids and we raced over to Melody Land where Walter Martin had um, uh, a Bible study in a separate room off of the sanctuary and uh, went to that. So you and I didn't go to the same church. Although when you were going to St. Paul's Presbyterian, I remember you saying when there was special things happening at the church, you would say to me, hey, listen, I'm going to pick up your kids and we're going to take them to the you know the special thing that they were having and I remember you dragging my kids over there many times with um, things that were happening, you know special things that were mm-hmm. happening. But I would like for you to talk about Pastor Mark Bove who became, I believe, the youth pastor or one of the pastors at St. Paul's mm-hmm. Presbyterian. It, and I think you had something to do with that. so tell right. us a little bit about that story. and then also, I need for you to kind of speed things up a little bit because I want to talk about, as soon as you're done with that, talk about Calvary Chapel Anaheim. So go ahead.
3: Okay. Uh, I knew this pastor, Pastor Bob Whitaker in, um, in Pasadena. And so one day I called him up and I asked him, do you know of anybody who would like to become a um, a youth pastor? because St. Paul's Presbyterian Church needed a youth pastor. So he said, yeah, I know this guy. His name is Bob. Uh, I mean, his name is Mark. And so he gave me the phone number. I dialed the number, and this voice came and said hello. And I said, I'd like to speak to Mark. And he said, this is Mark. So I said, hey, Mark, uh, how would you like to come and and apply for a job as a youth pastor at St. Paul's Presbyterian Church? And he said, yeah. And so he went, he applied, and bingo, he got the job. Wow. So shortly after that, I don't, I don't want to get into the logistics
2: of St. Paul's Presbyterian, but shortly after that, tell us a little bit about how Calvary Chapel Anaheim gets started with, Saint, uh, with Pastor
3: Mark. Okay, so, so Pastor Mark became the youth pastor, and whoa, a lot of new kids started going to the youth group. And so then, sadly, some people felt that he was too evangelical. And so they kicked him out. And so then uh, a lot of the people were not very happy. And so they still wanted uh, Mark to teach him the Bible. And so they would go to a house and he would teach the Bible. And so out of that came Calvary Chapel Anaheim. So he started teaching the Bible out of his house, Mm -hmm. or I thought he was teaching a Bible out of somebody else's house. Yeah, like he would come to my house and teach
2: it. Okay. And so finally, um, the door opens for him to start Calvary Chapel Anaheim and all, sadly for Calvary Chapel, I mean, sadly for St. Paul's Presbyterian, but um, shortly after that, a lot of the people from St. Paul's begin to attend Calvary Chapel Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Okay, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a couple of stories before we close that I really want to talk about. And one is I remember years ago, you called me up and you said, Rodie, I have to tell you this story about this car that didn't start. And you know, not everything with God is a miracle, sometimes it's just na- things naturally happen. But I want to point out this miracle because he says in his word, if we ask, um, it shall be given unto you. So you're telling me this story about this couple that speaks Spanish only, and they're trying to get their cars started. Do you remember that story, Emily? If so, could you tell it? Um, so the, you were you were over at. Um, maybe I have to prompt you because I I love the story so much. I've told it a dozen times, but you were we were over. You were over at um, the hospital over in Orange by. And you said that you were in the parking lot and this couple that couldn't speak English couldn't start their car. And you said, no problem. Let me ask some people if they have jumper cables. And there was a truck coming down. You stopped the truck and you asked the person if they had jumper cables. And the guy kind of dismissed you and said, no. And so you came back to him and you said to him, you know, listen, go ahead and get in your car. I've already asked for jumper cables, and the, the they're not. Nobody's giving me jumper cables. So go go ahead and get in your car. Um, I'm going to have
3: to just pray over mm-hmm. the car. Do you remember it now? And so I prayed over the car, and blessed be the name of the Lord. The car started. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny
2: about the story? I mean, it is funny. But see, I I don't think I'd have the nerve to say, "Okay, God, it's up to you." I've asked to get some jumper cables, and, you know, there's no jumper cables, and now I'm going to lay hands on the car. Is, is that what you did? You laid
3: hands on the
1: car, or did yeah, you just pray?
3: I probably—all I remember is praying, and the Lord started the car. And, and there's another story that, that that I want to say, and this Wait, is... wait, wait.
2: I, I want to finish the story because you also tell me they were so amazed that they accepted the Lord, he and his wife. And so I want to finish with that. But could you tell us that other story then
3: oh okay the the other story i I was driving down the mountains, and my brakes totally went off and and so finally, I stopped, and you know how the Bible says, angels unaware mm-hmm. and so I stopped, and then all of a sudden, this guy comes and he asked me what the problem is, and I said, "I don't know, you know, I'm having problems with my brakes." And so he opens the hood, and he does whatever. And so then, bingo, the car starts. And then I remember asking him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Red, R-E-D. Now, I believe that that was an angel that that the Lord sent. Wow,
2: I've never heard that story. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of stories that you and I have never shared. Oh, um, so the other thing I want to ask you is— After you accept the Lord, you've accepted the Lord, um, and after I accepted the Lord, I had this great desire, this overwhelming desire for me to tell people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because the Lord healed me in such a um, miraculous way. But I also, you were probably one of the few people that I met that also felt the need to tell people mm, about right, Jesus. Right. Tell me a little bit about that. And can you tell me a story, at least one story? I'm looking at the time, it's getting a little bit short. So okay. tell me a little bit okay. about-
3: Okay, you know, um, I-, I had this beautiful gold uh, alarm clock, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working for years. So I went to the to this jewelry store, and I took the, the alarm clock and I left it there. And then when I went back for it- um, To be repaired? Yeah, to be repaired. Uh, the owner said there was nothing wrong with it. And I said, well, there was. And he goes, no, how much do I owe you? And he said, you don't owe me anything. And so he could tell that I really wanted to pay him. So he said, look, I'll tell you what, if you know of anybody who knows how to clean, maybe you can send them to me. And uh, I didn't know of anybody. And I was a young girl, and I had never, ever put my hands in somebody else's dirt. And so it ended up You mean somebody else's mess, like right, the messy right, house. Right, okay. Right. So so anyway, so Dan and I felt that maybe I should go. So I went and uh wow, it, it was a mess, but the Lord gave me the strength to clean his place. And uh David Tannenbaum, he came and he received the Lord actually that same night when I finished cleaning his now, place. Now what
2: year was that? Do you remember? Um
3: I, I I don't
2: remember, but I was I was young. Okay. And, you know, it's really interesting that you tell me that story because I remember getting a call from you and you saying to me, Rody, um there's a guy that I clean his house every single week. And I would like to know if you have some free time to clean this house. Now, Emily, I had somebody cleaning my own house. I didn't even clean my own house right. at the time. I used to have this lady that came in twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, Emily, you're asking me to do something that I don't even have to do myself. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, Emily, um, tell me a lo- little bit about this person. And you told me that he was an older man and he was a jeweler and that um, he was Jewish, but now he's a Christian because mm-hmm. you led him to right. the Lord and that it wasn't a very big house and um, it was actually a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And because of the way you phrased that, I thought, wow, maybe it is the maybe it is the Lord's will that I clean this house and I remember going over there and it was it was a little bit more than I wanted to do mm-hmm. but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be mm-hmm. so I began to clean his house and he was desperate to talk to people and so he was quite an entertaining person right. and really funny and I remember inviting him over to dinner that night and once a week I would go over to clean mm-hmm. I don't know how I got that job after that mm-hmm. But once a week I would go over and clean his house and I would bring him home because my kids were fascinated with him. It mm-hmm. was full of stories and he used to do magic tricks at home. And they used to also call him grandpa. But, um, you know, shortly, uh, maybe a year or two later, maybe three years later, he did pass away gosh. and, um, the, his family moved him to a, uh, a facility, um, this huge building over in Long Beach. But gosh, you know, I hadn't thought about that story in a long mm-hmm. time. Um, Also, I wanted to say that um, when, when my husband got very, very ill, I remember um, him, he used to call, he he really, my husband didn't really want to have anything to do with the church or God. And um, I remember you would tell him this and I would tell him this too, that heaven was such a beautiful place. And if he wasn't careful, he would miss it. And... um, he did come to know the Lord through a right. mutual friend of ours. Well, you didn't know her mm-hmm. at the time, but through Brenda. And then the day he passed away, later on, you told me that you and he would walk all the way down to your house. Because shortly um, shortly after Don Lee's died, I would say a couple of years, couple of years later, you moved right. like four, de- four doors mm-hmm. from my house in Anaheim. And uh, you bought a house down there. That little stinker Walt used to walk down to your house every day mm-hmm. after he got became ill. And he was actually on a leave from work for about ten months and then he passed away. But he would walk down like three months before he died after he accepted the Lord every day to your house right. and pray. And he used to make fun of us and especially of you <laughs> uh, because you had this, you know, way of talking about Jesus all the time and he would say, oh, gosh, look at God's mother. She's knocking on somebody's <laughs> door, and he would refer to you as that. Uh-huh. Now, here he was knocking on your door every yes. day, and he would sit and pray with you. And he became a prayer partner up until the day he Blessed died. Blessed be the name of the Lord, yes. Yes, so thank you for that, Emily. Wow, there, there's such a history there. Now, I did know that you wanted to talk about, you said to me, you called me as I was driving um I was in San Diego the other day, and you said to me, don't forget to remind me I want to talk about a story about divine appointments. Did you, did you
3: already tell that story or um, divine appointments? Do you remember the, uh, that? Probably Miss, Mr. Morrison. Okay, uh, before Dan went home to be with the Lord, there was this lady that needed food. And so we got her some food and then Dan said, you know, Emily, she needs a job. So why don't you go to the penny saver and put on uh, and buy buy an ad for her? And so it happened that the penny saver came on a Wednesday and Dan ended up in the hospital on a Wednesday. So then my telephone rang and it was this Jewish man, Mr. Morrison. And uh, he called because he was answering the ad. And I said, sir, sir. I'm so sorry I cannot really talk right now to you about this because my husband is in the hospital. And so then he said to me, uh, do you mind, you know, I attend temple every single day at 5 in the morning. Do you mind if we pray for him, for your husband? And I said, no, not at all. And so anyway, um, Dan passed away. But Mr. Morrison got to attend Dan's service, and it was beautiful because... uh, we had praise and worship and, and all of that. And so Mr. Morrison and I became uh, friends, and I presented the gospel to him. And he said, no, I'm not interested. However, I kept being his friend. And one day he said to me, you know, Emily, you are the first Christian that I meet where you present the gospel to me, and I tell you I'm not interested, and you don't drop me like a hot potato because everybody else has And so anyway, years went by, and one day I went to visit Mr. Morrison, and I said, Mr. Morrison, do you think that maybe you can talk to God and say, God, if this man named Jesus is a true Messiah, I want this Jesus to represent me before you. And he said, you know, I, I can do that. And so he said, God, if this man named Jesus is the true Messiah, I want him to represent me before you. Hallelujah. And I believe that was the day that Mr. Morrison was saved. And then when when I would go visit him, he would say, remember, Emily, you got me to pray. And so anyway, Mr. Morrison is in heaven, rejoicing with the Lord, and you'll... We'll see him yeah, again. Yeah, we'll yes, see him okay. again. Okay, thank you so much, Emily, for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you for sharing your your testimony and your stories. Um, and we'll continue on later on because I know we uh, keep touch all the time. But I do want to talk to our viewers and our listeners that has heard Emily's story, and maybe that resonates with you. Maybe um, you're in the Catholic Church and you you desire more from the Lord And you can stay right where you are in that Catholic Church, but ask the Lord to open things up for you. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior in a way He's never been, and He will. Also, I'd like to talk to those that are listening that have never committed their lives to the Lord, never even thought of it. I would like to invite you, if this is the day for you, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I would like for you to say this short little prayer and invite him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior and it goes like this and there's no magic in this prayer I say that all the time because there's if you mean it with your heart that's all that matters so it goes like this dear Jesus forgive me of my sins of the past present and future future thank you for dying on the cross for me today I would like to make you my Lord and my Savior I believe in you. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to walk with you until through, from this life into the next, into eternity. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Now, if you have said that simple prayer and mean it with your heart, I'd like for you to give us a call here at Hope Radio or go on my website, On the Road with Jesus. We'll see you next time on The Road with Jesus.
1: Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhodey Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhodey Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rodie Fisher.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn.